We had an eventful week here in Tennessee, did we not? And, uh, uh, you know, the blizzard of 21 uh, will go down in the history books. And par, par, for, the, par for the course, uh, as Tennessee goes, it's snow on the ground today and close to 70 on Tuesday. And so, uh, so we'll, we'll, be, we'll be shifting gears as we get into the week to come. And I personally am done with the snow. I'm ready to get on with spring, ready for, for growth and new things to, to happen. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see what God has in mind. He's in control of it anyway, isn't he? Uh, I just want to uh, start also by uh, saying thank you. Uh, I know that some of you uh, were very conscientious of the needs of others in the body. I know that, uh, I know that uh, this past week, some, there were some people that needed some food, ran out to their house, and there's some heat issues in some situations. And man, it's just a wonderful thing to belong to a community of believers, a community that's a family that helps each other in times of need, is it not? Uh, and that's, uh, that's a little bit of what we're going we're gonna to talk about today. But before we, before we go there, before we do that, uh, I want to... Uh <clears throat> I want to kind of make an announcement about something that I'm real excited about that's coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. This is actually something that, uh, that has been on my radar, something I've wanted to do for about five years. And, and I'm excited that we're actually going to start it. We're, gonna, we're going to have a family worship night that is focused on the kids. We're going to have a family worship night that's focused on uh, the kids. We're going to start that on the the first Thursday of March. Uh, We're going to start this. We're going to do this every first Thursday of the month here uh, at Springhouse. So this is a time, parents, for you to come and bring your kids. And we're going to, Pastor Kim has teamed up with Pastor Will. Those departments have teamed up. And we're going to create a worship experience, a worship time geared to the kids. Guys, I think parents, I think kids need to see us worship with them. I think, the, I think kids need to see us come alongside them and worship with them as they experience the Lord. Now, uh, the reason the kids aren't in here on Sunday isn't because we don't want them to be here. It's because a lot of the things that we talk about here are abstract and, and, and they kind of fly over the kid's head. And what happened in, in, in the kids' ministry is they're learning things at their level. Now, uh, the argument can be made that some of us might learn more being in that situation than, than in here. Okay, but let's be, let's be honest. You know, sometimes we need that elementary breakdown, right? And, uh, but, uh, but the kids are, are learning some real incredible things. I don't know about you. My kids come home, they're saying things that they're learning. And man, I'm just so, my heart just swells up because I'm so excited about what's happening back in our children's ministry. But this is going to be a time uh, where we can come together and we can worship with and alongside our kids. Now, if you don't have kids, I think if you come, I think you're going to be blessed. Okay, I think, I think this is something where uh, you, you won't want to miss. So, so what's going to happen is I've asked the team to provide some type of dinner option for us at 5.30. That information will come out later, but at 5.30, there'll be some type of dinner option available if you need to come straight over here. Uh, and then from 6.15 to 7 o'clock, it's 45 minutes, okay? We're going to do a worship service geared to the kids. Uh, Kim's even talked about bringing the slime machine one week. So it's going to be, you know, there, there's some things that are going to be happening. I don't think anything like this is happening in this area. So you want to come and be a, a, a part of that on the first Thursday of the month from 6 to 6.45. I'm sorry, 6.15 to 7 o'clock. And youth is still happening on that Thursday night. They'll just push their start time back just a little bit, okay? So we want the youth to be involved. Uh, Come and be a part of that. I think it's going to be a real special, special time. So... We're continuing today our series uh, called The Journey, and I just so appreciate my wife last week sharing uh, a bit of our story with you, and she was, uh, she was super kind during that time, and um, you know, if it's something that I learned for, from Pastor Ronnie is that all the stories are up for grab when you're on the stage here, and, uh, and uh, so I'm just so thankful that Sherry, uh, Sherry uh, was kind to me last week, and I'm sure as we move forward in time, you're going to learn some interesting things about the two of us as we, as we continue to go on, but I plan on 
being kind to my wife today as well. All right. Uh, so we're going to continue this sto- uh, this series, guys. Uh, today, um, I, I really believe that. I, I'm going to really speak with some conviction and passion today. And I don't want that to be mistaken as coming down as heavy-handed, okay? I'm, I'm going to be passionate because as I was preparing for this message, I really believe that this might be the most important message that I give all year long, okay? I believe that today, this, this, what we're going to be discussing today um, really is, is, is foundational to where we are to go as, as, as a church. Um, and so I really want us to, to take heed, and I'm going to leave us with some challenges uh, at the back end of this that I really want us to grab, and I really want us to evaluate. So I've asked the Holy Spirit to prepare your hearts. If you're joining us from home, you are not excluded from that prayer. I've asked the Holy Spirit to prepare your hearts as well, uh, and that we would receive from Him today and hear from Him, and that we might, uh, we might evaluate where we are uh, with, with our topic today. So Of course, today we're going to talk about this issue of community. Do you know that you were created for relationship? You were created for, you were not created to be isolated and alone. You were created for, uh, for relationship. And so uh, what I want to do is I want to open with a text from Acts chapter 2. Now, this is on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has fallen. Peter's addressing the people. He's saying, repent and be baptized. And there's a group of people that says, yes, we repent and we want to be baptized. And this section of Scripture is what happens to those who have chosen to believe. So we stand with me. We're going to read this together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's read that one more time. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Guys, I want to be a church where God adds to our numbers daily those being saved. Those being saved. Father, would you make it so? Father, would you just so open up our hearts, Father, to be in a posture where we will love big, live truth, and be a healthy family so we lay a foundation, Lord, so that you can add to the numbers of the kingdom, that the kingdom might be advanced through here. Father, today, as we talk about community, I ask, Lord, that you would convict our hearts. I ask, Lord, that you would speak directly to the person uh, either at home or here in the, in the church, God. I ask that you would speak to us, God, and, Lord, that you would help us to examine and open up uh, the need, the desire, the, the, the courage, the boldness, the confidence it takes to walk in community with others. Lord, we love you so much today, Lord. Let my words fall to the ground. Your words stay and change us for eternity. In Jesus' name, and everybody said loudly, amen. amen. You may be seated. So today's topic is real important. We're going to talk about community. We're going to talk about community. Guys, are you in relationship with people? Are you in relationship with people? And if you're in relationship with people, are you in healthy relationship with people? Do you know that you can be in proximity and not be in community? 
You can be around people a whole lot and not at all experience real, genuine, authentic, life-giving, life-breathing community. Proximity does not equate to community. You were created for relationship. I believe that the kingdom of God grows at the speed of relationship. If we want to grow the kingdom of God, I believe the speed that it grows, it, it has to, everything to do with relationship. And so in order to unpackage this a little bit and understand this, we actually have to go back to the beginning of the story. Have you ever, have you ever had a DTR with anyone? You know what a DTR is, right? Define the relationship. You ever had a, a DTR? Have it sit down. Let's evaluate where we are. Uh, sometimes in a DTR situation and to define the relationship moment, you got to step back and let's go back to the beginning of this thing, okay? Let's go back to the expectations that were tied. Let's go, let's go back to what we promised each other. Let's go back to all these things. You go back. It's, sometimes it's good to go back to the beginning, right? And figure out where did we alter course from what was the original intent, right? And so in order to unpackage this, we got to go back to the beginning, to the book of Genesis. Book of Genesis. Genesis means beginning. And in the beginning, we learn that God creates everything, right? In the beginning, God created everything. We learn about this God who creates everything and he says, let there be light and there's light. He creates the plants, the animals, the water, the sky, the sun, the moon, the stars, all of these things. He creates all of these things and he creates man and he creates all of the earth and everything we, we see. Everything was created by God and everything was created for God. You were created by God and you were created for God's enjoyment. Somewhere along the line, we kind of got a, mis, a misperception that we were created so that we could drive the vehicle of our life and we could invite God in the parts that we want him to be a part of. But no, you were created by God and you were created for his good pleasure. He created you to be in relationship with you. Are you following me? He created you to be in relationship with with you. And so we learn as we read in Genesis and he creates everything, he gets down and in verse 26 of the first chapter, we read this statement. And it's a real, if you're reading it for the first time, you're a new believer, you open the book, you read it and you get down to verse 26, there's a head scratcher that happens because it says this, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. We learn right off the top that God is more than one person. He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So what this tells me is that God was centered and focused in on relationship before anything was created. God had a synergy of relationship. He is a communal God. He had a synergy of relationship before any of this, anything that we see was created before you even arrived on the scene. God was already in a position of relationship. He was in a relationship with himself. 
He was in a relationship with himself, three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So God is a communal God. He is a relation, right out of the gate, he's a relational God. And everything God created, he created in relationship to himself. And so we continue on with the story as we learn that God is a relational God and he's more than one. We get to chapter two and we, it expounds and opens up a little bit about him creating the first people. He creates man. And then at verse 18, it says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. So God creates man He creates him in his own image. He creates him with relationship intact. And when we get to this part, we see that God has said everything is good. It's good to have light. It's good. He says that is good. This is good. All these things are good. And the first time we see in scripture that God calls something of his creation not good, it's in addressing the fact that man should not be alone. This tells me that God has created us to be in community, to be in relationship. Now, there's something interesting that we need to really consider here before he brings Eve on into the scene. God and Adam's relationship was in no way tarnished. In no way was it upset. Adam was in perfect community with God. He was in perfect communion with God before he even brought Eve onto the scene. And in that perfect relationship, in that whole relationship, he looks at Adam and he says, it's not good for you to be alone. So here's my question. If it's not good for man to be alone when things are perfect with God, what do you think that that means whenever things are not going so well? On the other side of the fall, on the other side, if it's not good for man to be alone When things are going well, when everything is holistic and everything is pure and everything's great, what does it look like on the other side of the fall for us to think that we can be isolated and alone? You are created for relationship. And so God brings Eve into the picture and we read on into the, into the chapter, at the end of chapter two, it says this, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Now, I don't think that what we're trying to, what's be, trying to be conveyed here is nudity in the garden. What I think is trying to be conveyed here is that they were fully known. They were fully known to each other and they were fully known to God. Oh, that we would be fully known and fully loved Is that not the cry of our heart? If we're really honest with ourselves, at some part deep down in the pit of our heart and soul, is it not that we want to be fully loved, that we want to be fully known without shame? Hard to do in our broken state, isn't it? Hard to get there, hard, hard to arrive at that place on this side of the fall. And so they are, they're fully known. And the story continues in chapter three. We learn that the serpent comes and he, deser- he deceives Eve. And Eve takes of this tree that God has said not to eat from. And, and she eats and she, she offers some to her husband, Adam. And Adam takes some and he eats as well. And at that moment, something catastrophic happens in all of God's creation. At that moment of unbelief, At that exact moment of unbelief, a fracture happens in the perfect relationship between God and man. 
a fracture, a broken place, a separation that from that point to today, February 21st of 2021, the entire story, the entire point of everything we read here is to bring reconciliation to that separation, to that fracture, to that, to that, to that disjointed relationship with God, to bring reconciliation between the two. And here's the thing. You and I can't do anything about it. There is nothing we can bring to the table. There is no such goodness that we can bring. There's nothing that we can offer that will reconnect, that will solidify, that will change, that will bring back together the separation that has been caused between man and God. We are a fallen people and we have to rely on him to bring us back together. And aren't you glad that he desires to be back together with us? Isn't it great that he desires to be in relationship with his creation? Some of us have the patience level of an inch that we would just say, forget it, you're gone. Can you think of how patient God really is? God who can snap his fingers and everything changes. And yet he chooses to keep walking and walking and walking and walking. And well, I can't, I only can walk about four steps with Ruby. And I'm just like, Lord, Sherry, it's your turn, right? <laughs> he is so patient to us. He is so patient to, we were created for relationship and community. If you are a believer in this house, if you, if you say, I am, I am saved, I have, I, am, I, I, have, I have accepted the Lord in my heart, I am saved, he is my Lord, then you will, you will agree that our greatest assignment as believers comes from Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. It says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, you would ascribe, I think you would believe that, that, that one of the greatest assignments we've been given, it's called the Great Commission, right? Uh, the greatest assignment is to, is to do this right here. Well, the uh, discipleship is just another, it's a fancy word for relationship. Discipleship is a fancy word for relationship. And to be baptized means to surrender. When we get baptized, when we baptize people, we baptize them. They are dead to the world and they are alive in Christ. So there's a surrendering that happens with, with baptism, yes? And then we have, once again, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is the relationship, right? The relationship with God. So essentially our assignment is this. Go out and create relationship, right? Create relationship so that in through that relationship, people might surrender to the reconciliation of the relationship that's, that's offered and available to them. Are you with me? So our assignment is to go out. I don't believe Jesus said go out and save people. You know why? Because we can't save anybody. You don't have the power to save anybody. I can't save you. You can't save others. He's got to do that work. So our job is to go out and build relationships, right? To open the door for people to surrender so that they can then be reconciled to the relationship that's been fractured with God. Are you with me? That's our assignment as believers. So you are created for a relationship. 
this relationship has been. Have you, ever, have you ever had a broken bone? Anybody ever broken a bone, an arm, anything? Okay, some of you some of you broken, broken a bone. You know, I was looking at some of uh, that, that this week and I'm just so, I am so amazed at how God has created uh, our bodies. He, is, he has got such design, such, he's so creative in how, in how he's created us. Do you, do you know that you can, you can break a bone in your body, okay? If this is a bone, you can, you can break a bone in your body in half, just like that. You can break a bone, you can fracture it. And God has put things inside you to make this look like this again. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? There's nothing, I mean, it's just, it's inside your DNA. It's just how you're made. You don't have to do anything. It's literally this and then this. That is crazy to me. That is absolutely, that's absolutely, that, that's brilliant. It's, I can't even imagine. It's just, it's just crazy that God has created you in a way that your body heals yourself. So I was looking into this a little bit. And what happens is, what is the, do you know what the first thing that happens when you break a bone in your body? Like the very first thing that happens, do you know? Pain. Right? Pain, pain happens when you break a bone, right? Ouch! Yeah, pain, pain, it's painful. It's excruciating pain when you broke a, break a bone in your body, right? It's excruciating, excruciating pain. What happens after you break a bone, though, is in the fractured area, in the, in the place where the bone has split or separated, the very first thing that happens is a blood clot forms over the fractured area. It, it covers the entire broken piece of the bone, the fractured piece, the blood clot comes. It's the first thing. Nothing can happen. No healing can happen unless the blood clot comes and covers the fractured area. And then after the blood has covered the fractured area, there are these little cells that show up on the scene called phagocytes. And these phagocytes go in and they begin to clean out all of the things that don't belong there. They begin, to, they begin to clean the germs and all of the, all of the impurities. They begin to clean that place out so that the next group of cells called the, the chondroblast, I believe, they come in and they build this soft callus around the wound after it's been, after it's been cleaned. This is all happening in your body while you're, while you're eating, breathing, watching TV, on social media. This is all happening in your body in the fracture, bone, in the fracture place, right? That, so so this, this soft callus is formed around it. And then after that, the, the osteoblasts, the other, the, another group of cells come and they get this hard, this hard shells that go around the, the soft callus. And that, that takes maybe six weeks or so for them to, to get that, to get that hard casing around there so that you can function again. And then after that, the osteoclasts come and they begin to chip away at the hard things that were put around it to make the bone go back to its original form. Its original form. Guys, do you know that could take three to nine years, I read? Three to nine years for your bone to actually make it back to its original state. It takes time. It's a process. Would you say process? Pro it's a process, right? It's a process to get back to the original state. That's happening in your body while you're eating, going to the bathroom, doing social media. I mean, that's just happening in your body. We can't really do anything. It's just happening. So, but what we do, we do do something that helps the process. What we do is we go to a doctor and the doctor will put a splint or put a cast 
on the, on the infected area, right? So, so, or the broken area, right? So the cast swab, and what, what the cast does, the purpose of the cast is to offer stability to the broken area. Are you with me? The cast will offer stability so you don't make a bad situation worse. Okay, so the cast covers and protects so that it can be lined up exactly like it needs to be lined up so your body can do what it's naturally created to do. I want you to follow me with this. Your relationship with God has been fractured. It is broken. And only the blood of Jesus can come in and cover that relationship. And once the blood has covered the relationship, God comes in, Jesus comes in, and he removes all of the impurities that's going on in the, in the, in the separation, in the fracture of your relationship. And then it begins to be calloused over. It begins to come back together in this process of reconciliation, this process of sanctification. It begins to, it begins to go forward and you begin to walk toward what you, the original design was supposed to be in your relationship, okay? None of that process you can do anything about. God's got to do it. The blood's got to cover it. He removes the, the impurities. You know what the cast is? The cast is community. Your community will your community will surround your fractured relationship and offer stability. Your, your community will surround, right, this broken place, this broken relationship to keep you from doing idiotic things that make a bad situation worse. Your community will come in and will keep things going straight so that you're not causing yourself pain, more pain than you already had when you didn't realize your relationship was broken in the first place. We need community to surround us so that God can do his powerful work within us. Amen? You have to have community. Community is so important. The definition of community is this, a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Let's go back to the Acts scripture we read at the beginning. All the believers were together together and had everything in common. So what that means is, what that means is they had common attitudes, common interests, and common goals. Common attitudes, I'm going to tell you something, before salvation, your attitude and your interests and goals were far different than when you met the Lord and you got on the other side of, of, of salvation. Amen? You know what that tells me? The crew you were riding with, the crew you were rolling with before you got saved can't be the same crew you're rolling with after you get saved. Your community and the people you're hanging with have got to change and be different because you become like those you hang out with. And I don't have time. If my goal, if, if the point of Kevin O'Day's existence is to become Christ-like, I don't have time to be rolling with people who are going to stunt my growth. You need people around you that are going to help you grow. Let me ask you something. Are you growing? I don't mean are you growing in your bedroom when you're reading the Word. That's, that's an area of growth in the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about do you have people around you that are challenging you to grow? Do you have people around you who are spurring you on in the faith? Do you have people, who is in front of you? Who do you look up to? Now, I do believe we get, sometimes, you know, we get the whole, I need to be leading somebody. You know, we get people behind us all the time. Who's in front of you 
pulling you up and calling you out on things that you really need to be called out on. Who knows you really, 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 really well? Yeah? In John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to a guy named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus asks the question, he says, how, how, how do you get saved? And Jesus says, you must be born again. Guys, what that means is when you decide to give your life to Jesus, your life starts over. It is reset button. Everything that was of the past is gone. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Your old self is out here, bye, bye, it's gone, right? It's out. Your new creation has come. And so we become these baby Christians. We could be in adult bodies as baby Christians. Do you know those exist, right? Adult bodies who think they know it all as baby Christians, right? And we have to separate I know it all from I don't know anything, right? That's hard to do, especially as adults. Not as, not as hard for kids to do, right? But as adults, we got to separate. It's harder, right, as adults because we think we know it all, Right? I know it all. I'm a baby Christian. I'm still growing, right? And so we have to separate those two. But guess what? When you get a community around you, right? They begin to say, Justin, that's your old way of thinking, right? That's, that's, that, was the old, that was the old man in you. That's not how we respond, right? I got somebody in my life that is maybe a few steps ahead of me. Maybe they, maybe they cuss every three days instead of every day like I am right now, right? So I've got to take step. Okay, if I can just get there, then maybe I can get over here where I really want to be because somebody's in front of me who's better, who's got a, a longer journey than me, who has experienced some things, who's gone through some things that can really help me in my walk. Are you with me? You've got to have community. We've got to be in relationship, real relationship with each other. So here's the thing. There are people in your life that are only supposed to be in your life for a season. There are people in your life who are only supposed to be there for a season. It doesn't make those people bad. It just means they're not supposed to be in your, in your immediate circle forever. In fact, very few people, are, if any, are supposed to be in your immediate circle for the duration of your life. God sends seasonal people to address the seasonal changes that need to happen. Stop tying lifetime expectations to seasonal people. Stop tying lifetime expectations to seasonal people because you're gonna get hurt every single time. They're gonna let you down. Some of us as adults, we're supposed to be doing things in the kingdom. He's, God has such a charge in your life to advance to do that. Matthew 28 that we put up there, but you are too busy playing in the sandbox. God said, it's time to grow up. It's time to do some things. It's time, it's time for you to get your hands dirty because I've got things inside you and for you. I need a healthy community. Some of us would rather be loyal to people than to grow. We would rather be loyal to, 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 this, to this crew that I've been rolling with than to allow God to grow us into full maturity of who we're supposed to be. We just grow content and we just along for the ride. But guys, God has so much more. He has so much more for you. Are you in community? Is your community healthy? You were created for healthy 
community, for healthy community. And a clear indicator of healthy community is growth because healthy things grow. You can't stop a healthy thing from growing. You can't stop. If something's healthy, it is naturally going to. I, got, I have to tell you guys, the Lord has given, I, I, I believe that the Lord wants to blow, I, blow the doors off of this place. I believe that God has such a, such a multitude of lost people to come through these doors to get saved in Springhouse for the Lord to do a mighty work in this place. I believe he's going to send the people. I don't even know where we're going to put everybody. That's how many people I think he's going to send. But if we don't get a hold of community, then they're going to come here and leave the same way or worse than they came. We have to be, I've heard so many, when I connect with some of you, I heard the reason I'm here is because such and such invited me over their house and we started a community together. You didn't say it in those words, but that's basically what you said. I'm in relationship. I am here at Spring House because I got in relationship with people. I remember the first time, I, 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 will all, I will remember this until the Lord takes me home. I remember the first time I went over to a guy named Ryan Davis's house and I was an insecure teenager. I was just, I, was, I didn't know who I was, all of these things. And I walk in the door and there's about 20, 30 guys in there and I walk in and everyone, and I mean everyone, turns around and says, Kevin! The feeling that I had in that moment said, you belong. Everyone wants a place to belong. Every one of us want to belong. And let me tell you something, there's a place for you in the kingdom and there's a place for you in community. You get around some strong community, God is going to do explosive things with you. Wonderful, great things. And you will grow. You'll grow spiritually and numbers will be added to us who, of people who are being saved every single day. So who challenges you? Who's in your life causing you to grow? Some of you are sitting here and saying, well, I got a small group. I've been in a small group for a while. I've been walking along. Guys, a small group is not 42 people, okay? We're not talking about like a group of hanging out friends, which is great. That's nothing wrong with that. I love hanging out with large groups of people. That's wonderful. I'm talking about the two or three people in your life, the community, two or three, four, maybe five people in your life that are surrounding you, right? And helping you grow as an individual. You know, you can hide in the midst of 42 people. You can sing in the back and say, well, I did community. And let me tell you something, an hour and a half worship team, come on out. An hour and a half on Sunday is not cutting it because you have misunderstood what the purpose of us gathering here is. There's this move happening right now that you, you, could, you could read about in the church. And I don't mean Springhouse of Church. I mean the church at large that says, we don't need to gather like this. Let's just do it in homes. And as I read scripture and, I, and, and, and referencing even the, the, the chapter or the verses and acts that we referenced up there, I don't believe that we're supposed to, as believers, just be meeting in homes. And I also don't believe that we're supposed to be just meeting here. I believe the scriptural mandate is for us to do both. I believe that we're supposed to be here. Why are we here? We are here to share the testimonies of what he's done in our lives. We're here, we are here for, I don't have it with me, a communion. We are here to remember what he did for us. We are here to teach. There are people in this room that have been walking with the Lord for years and you are chomping on a T-bone steak. And there are people that are gonna be coming into our ministry center here that are only going to be ready to have milk. 
You can't expect me to take a T-bone steak and chuck it at a baby who needs milk. And so you're sitting there, you're chomping on this T-bone steak and you start growing content, discontent. And you're wondering, why am I not getting fed? What's here for me on Sunday morning? It's because God has called you higher. You're supposed to be serving. You're supposed to be leading. You're supposed to be looking for Matthew 28 when people walk in the door. You're supposed to be cultivating relationship. You're supposed to be doing something because God has matured you. You're not supposed to just sit there and enjoy the steak. You get the T-bone when you're in community when you're in those smaller groups and you're dissecting, hey, I've got this passage of scripture. I really don't understand what this means. Can you help me open this up a little deeper? Can we go a little further? Guys, we've gotta be in community. What's the foundation of your community? Are you in community? Maybe you're in a small group, like I said, and you, and you get together. Is the foundation of the camaraderie of your small group gossip? Is the foundation of your camaraderie criticism? Well, we didn't really mean to, we weren't trying to criticize. We just don't understand why so-and-so did such and such. Then go to the source and ask the question. Stop discussing it behind the scenes because anything discussed behind the scenes without the source just leads to divisiveness and destruction. And it's so easy for us to do, guys, because we are broken. We are broken people. It's so easy to go into places like that and step in and not even know it. That's why we need people in our life ahead of us that can say strong things to us that we will receive, that will help stretch us and grow us. Amen? Guys, I don't know if you're, I'm convicted by this. Raise your hand, I'm gonna ask you, I'm just gonna call you out right here. My hand's up first. Raise your hand if you can do better community. Okay, keep your hands up, look around. Springhouse Church. We're all saying the same thing. We're all saying, I can do better community. Well, who are you gonna do community with? I hope it's people sitting in this room, right? So instead of running out that door as fast as you can to Wendy's, right? Grab somebody with you and say, hey, can we connect? Can we get together? I need, I need community in my life. I need, I need to grow. I want to, I want to be everything that God has called me to be because this relationship of mine is severed with him. And I want to be back like Adam's relationship with God was. I want to be back reconciled to this God who I can, who runs after me with such zeal and passion, who cares about me, who, who designed my every being, every bit of my being and created me the way that I am. I want to be fully known. I want to be fully loved by this God who breathes stars. Don't you? I want to be surrounded in community. You are my community. Who are the people? Who are those core group of people? Let's grow together. And as we do this, this is going to happen. The Lord will add number daily of people being saved. What are we doing here, guys? What are we doing? You're a Christian, you're a believer. What's the next step? What are we doing? This, this is what's supposed to be happening. People should be giving their lives to the Lord all the time here, all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. It's not gonna happen unless we do community. Let's love big, let's live truth. And let's build a healthy family in the communities that are surrounding us.